He's going to be. Whoops, sorry. It's hot. Ah, it's hot over here, up here. Oh, no. Mm. Okay, we'll pray for her and pray for Hannah's and Rachel's grandma. Uh, they are uh, doing surgery Friday uh, to remove. The, there was nothing on the brain scan that they did. They did another test and it was fine. So this is just a small spot that they need to take care of. I think in her colon, was that where it was? in her colon and they, they just want to cut it out they don't think it's anything too major but they want to get it cut out so she'll be going in friday for that and uh, uh so keep her in in your prayers as well for that it's uh, uh about that uh that time there uh, for her to get that taken care of and they moved her up i think she was supposed to go in next week or something like that and they had an opening so uh, they decided to do it this friday uh, and uh I guess she's going to be in there four or five days, they said, in the hospital or something like that. That's what she had said. So uh, maybe it's due to her age. I'm not sure or maybe the location, but uh, she'll be there a little while uh, in there. So keep everyone in your prayers at this time and pray for Hannah, the little baby. Uh, he's doing good and they're just, uh, he had his checkup and he's doing all right. He gained all his weight back that he lost and then some. So he's doing good, and and uh, just got to keep mom in the recovery mode there for a little while longer, and let her uh, get back to normal there. That was uh, always a uh, challenge, right? But uh, busy house, so <laughs> uh, always something to do. And uh, so just pray for her to get the rest that she needs and and the recovery and. Uh, all that good stuff. All right. If you didn't listen today, I did a broadcast today, and uh, listen to it. It's on Rumble, uh, and it's uh, it'll be on Sermon Audio. I'll probably put it on tonight on Sermon Audio. But uh, it was called "Defeating Defeating uh, Dark Imaginations," and uh, it deals with depression and and anxieties and and um, just different trials that that people go through, and and the scripture way that God has given us to deal with those things. Uh, in the spirit, and uh, so I think it'd be helpful if you listen to that. I think uh, take some time to do that, and maybe you can use it to help others too as well. But uh, there are things in that that are very practical and uh, very helpful. Amen. So let's make sure that that uh, you listen to that when you get a chance. All right. And if you know somebody that needs to, there's I'll add that to the depression series. It's on there. I've preached about thirteen or fourteen sermons, or no, maybe it's like twenty three now. I don't know. I got. I can't remember the numbers, but there's quite a few on there, and uh, that that can add to that to encourage people. And uh, one of the major battles that people have is the battle of the mind. And if we don't get that battle right, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't focus that the right way, and uh, get our minds uh, ordered correctly, and we become too passive with that, then we can we'll be taken by our thoughts. And God has given His children victory over that. He's given them the way of victory over that. They just have to do it. They have to be obedient. They have to follow it. But God has given it. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Spirit, then you have everything that you need. And you have His book. You have everything that you need to be able to do that. 
and it's important that people understand that and that they that that we follow it there there are a lot of people out there that they suffer from those things and God's people uh, have the same trials that lost people have the only difference is is that God's people have the Holy Spirit and they have the book and they have the so we all go through the same things uh, such as the temptations that are common to man right all of us go through that lost or saved it's just this, the lost have no hope they don't have the hope and they don't have a way to fight until they get saved but you and I, we have a way to fight. We have what God has showed us, and we need to use it and pay attention to it very closely. It's, it's written for your admonition, all right? So listen to that when you get a chance. Ephesians chapter 2, and we are in verse 8 and 9, two famous verses that every independent fundamental Baptist knows uh, add to the Romans road. They know they, they've They've, we're not going to have time to add 10 tonight, probably, so we'll just go 8 and 9, but we will add 10 next week. And, uh, but these are wonderful verses, but they ought to be read in the context of the rest of the chapter. I think one of the problems is, is that you have been trained, and I don't mean you, I'm not speaking just to one person or anything like that, but we have been trained in general to take verses out of context and grab them and kind of take them out of context or just use them very quickly without being concerned with the other verses that are around it. But scripture is like a puzzle and all the pieces need to be there when you're dealing with certain things. Otherwise, you can uh, take things out of context and you don't get the entire teaching. While there are a number of applications in the scriptures for different verses, there are a number of them. Okay, like each verse doesn't have just one application in that sense. But there is one main truth that God is teaching us through that. But there are also other things that apply to that, that can be applied to that for our learning. That's why you and I will never exhaust the scriptures. We'll never be able to look at them and, and get everything out of them on this side because there's so much that God wants us to learn and to teach us and it, how it applies to our lives so many different ways. And you've got to hunger and thirst after the Word of God in order to learn. And if you're, you know, the more trials you have should not drive you away from the book. It should drive you to the book. Amen. As children of God, we should be driven to the Word. And when things come into our life, it, it ought not make us turn away from God. It ought to make us turn to God. It ought not make us become unfaithful. They are reasons to be faithful. That's just, that, that is exactly how God has wired the Christian and given him the Holy Spirit and get the guidance that he's given them is that, no, you, you run to God. You don't run away from God. You run to God. Human nature tells us to run away from authority and accountability. That's human nature that does that. When we're in trouble, we want to run from authority, we want to run from accountability. So people do it all the time. Lost people do it all the time. Saved people do it as well. They run from authority and accountability instead of running to it to learn what God has for them and to grow and to be what God wants them to be. Well, you and I, uh, we have to run to the scriptures, all right? Ephesians chapter 2, and you, we're going to start with verse number 1, though, and we're just going to read that in the context of those nine verses there. And then we will actually uh, not, not cover verse 10 probably today. We'll just talk about uh, the grace of God and salvation and, and what God says about it, okay? And you at the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, we talked about that, the great uh, contrast, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. 
Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now look what he, what he says here. He's, he's explained a lot of things to you. What you were, what you are now. What you used to be, what you were by nature before, what you are now. And then he says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now that word for is the same as the word because. It's, that's not, I, I'm not changing the Bible. I'm explaining that word for to you. For by grace are you saved. It's the same thing as because. Uh, it's just we are so illiterate today as, as far as under, our understanding of the scriptures that we don't know that, that, that that's what that word means. Uh, most people don't. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. He, he, lay, he lays it down for us that there is no boasting. He talks about it in Romans. He says, where is boasting? It's excluded. Right? It's excluded. You, you don't, there's no boasting. We'll talk about that in a minute. Father, please bless us now. We thank you for your words. In Jesus' name, amen. These two verses uh, must be two of the most popular verses of the Bible behind verses like Psalm 23 or John 3.16. Every fundamentalist Christian has heard these verses and quoted them and probably used them to evangelize the lost. It's very possible that whoever led you to Christ, if they knew the Romans wrote, this was always added to it as part of that. For by grace are you said, nothing wrong with that. But one should always understand the context in which it is given as well. Uh, there, you know, there's, there's a, explaining salvation. That's what Paul is doing here. He's, he's continuing to explain the blessings of being saved. And he's explaining to you how you were saved. He, he goes through that, what the benefits of that are. And now he gets to uh, that word for, for by grace. So point number one, for by grace are you saved. Paul continues to share those blessings and benefits. He explains for by grace. You think about that for a moment. It is grace. Grace is the opposite of works. And we must not confuse the two. So many people are confused. Some saved and some lost in that sense. Some have been born again, not trusting in their works to save them, but then they get tangled up in the thoughts that there is something that they must do to please God. They, they, their practical sanctification, they believe it must be something that will make God happy, that they must do something in order to make God happy or to please God. This is a trap. And it's one that, that you need not fall into. He says it very plainly, for by grace are ye saved. It is God's grace that saves you. It is God's grace that brought you to salvation. We have to understand that Christ has pleased the Father. His atonement has pleased the Father. And as the children of God, that grace has been poured out upon us. For by grace. Now, we do realize that grace produces works. It just does. When a person is saved by the grace of God, works will follow. 
but works do not justify them in the sight of God. Right. Saved or lost, <laughs> they do not justify you in the sight of God. Saved people are not justified by their works. They don't, they don't stay saved by their works. They are saved by grace. Amen. For by grace are you saved. It is not because you've done a really good job as a Christian or you continue to do a really good job, so God's going to keep you saved. No, it's because Jesus fulfilled all righteousness. I am saved because of Jesus. I owe everything to Jesus, not of myself. I could do nothing to please God. I could do nothing to justify myself before God. Nothing. There is not one thing I can do to justify myself, but the just shall live by faith. We believe God. See, Christ is the one that pleased the Father, for by grace, grace is what produces the works, but works can never produce grace. Do you understand that? Works can never produce grace. You get the cart before the horse, right? It works, works don't produce grace. Grace produces works. The, the very fact that I can serve God today is all due to Jesus Christ. The, the, the very fact that I can preach the Bible to you today is by grace. It is by grace. The very fact that I can serve God today is by grace. The very fact that I'm not stoned out of my mind, drunk out of my mind, a fornicator, a whoremonger, or dead somewhere, OD'd on drugs, is because of grace. That's it. There isn't anything else. The same grace that saves you is the same grace that keeps you. It is God's grace. And you must never forget that. The papacy teaches works-based grace or earning the favor of God through works, through sacraments, through, through, through some type of works that you could earn grace or you can earn the favor of God. No, Jesus earned all the favor that I'll ever need. He earned it all. He, he earned it all. I... I I don't serve God tonight because there's like a gun over a, a, a gun from heaven or a cannon over my head that God's going to throw me into hell. I serve God tonight because of grace. That's 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 the only reason why. Like I don't I don't serve God because I'm really that spiritual of a person in my own flesh. Like I'm I'm really that holy, Jacob. That's what it is. I'm just it's really no. I serve God because of grace. I. <laughs> that's that's why you've got to give God the glory Amen. You, you better give God the glory you better be careful not to, uh, not to um, walk around in a boastful manner and not give God the glory not try, to, not try to do an inroad around Jesus Christ even in your thought process you, can be, you, can, you have to be careful about that the cults teach that, and scores and scores of others, the Mormons, the JWs, the SDA, they all preach and teach a works-based grace, right. which is no grace at all. That's right. 
The proper order is always the one that is seen and taught in the scriptures. For by grace are ye saved. And that grace is not dead, but grace does bring men to life. Grace regenerates them and makes them new creatures in Christ. It is the grace of God that does that. Salvation by grace cannot be anything else than the free, unmerited, and unearned favor of God to sinners because of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Romans eleven six, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. I mean, that sums up the, uh, Paul's theology on the doctrine of salvation, that not to confuse the two together. Grace will produce works, but works aren't hin- but, but, but grace is not hinging itself on any works, only the work of Christ on Calvary. Christ's work as my high priest. I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the major problems that people have is you think too much of yourself. Right. That could be in a negative way or a positive way. If salvation had anything to do to you, you'd, anything to do with you, you'd be in hell. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm going to say that to you again for any pompous people out here that think differently than that. If salvation had anything to do with you, you'd be in hell. So would I, burden for all of eternity. It is the grace of God. That's what it is. And guess what? Contrary to what you might think, you can't screw that up. Let me help you with that, okay? Well, maybe I didn't do something right. Well, duh, you've never have. Why, Why did you ever think you did anything right in the first place? Well, maybe I didn't say stuff right. Of course you didn't. Let me help you. You didn't. You said it all wrong. Does that that help? Just throw that objection out. Why argue about it? Man, I said it all wrong. Yeah, you did. You said it all wrong. You messed everything up. What's so wrong with admitting that? (laughs) People have these internal battles with themselves like that. Like, well, maybe, maybe I did this wrong. Yeah, you did. Okay, great. You did. Man, you messed it all up. Right, Jacob? You messed it all up. Man, you messed it up. And Jesus came to save you. (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) that's, of course you messed, of course you messed it up. Why argue about it? Devil come and tell you, oh, man, you messed things. Yep, you sure did. Why argue with it? That's right. Grace that is greater than all our sin. Of course, of course you you're, you weren't saved because you did anything right. Whew. It's kind of scary to ever think that we, we get that in our minds that we actually did something right. Really? How do totally depraved beings that love themselves so much that all they focus on is their own, their own comfort? <laughs> How could they produce anything good in their lives? Amen. I'm, maybe I'm killing your self-esteem here, but that's okay. I'd rather have Christ's esteem than self-esteem. Self-esteem is overrated. 
Self, period, is overrated. Our lives are supposed to be about Christ, not about self. Your, your life is dead and hid in Christ. It's not supposed to be. You're, you need to lose that image of yours that you're making. You know the one you're making out of sand? Yeah. That one? It's all going to burn. Right? Yeah. Well, if you're not careful, you'll lose your credibility. <laughs> done gone a long time ago. You, you're going to lose your image. People are going to make videos about you and say bad stuff about you. Too late. Already done. Doesn't matter what they say about you. That matters what they say about Jesus. That's what God drilled into my heart. You worry about my business. I'll take care of yours. You be about my business. I'll deal. With, I'll take care of yours. You do my business, and I'll I'll take care of you. Don't don't. You just you just you be concerned with me. You be consumed with me. I'll take care of everything else. Amen. Even your soul. Especially your soul. And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. So then we see the two can never be the same. Grace is not works, and works is not grace. He says, for by grace are you saved. Are ye saved positively guaranteed for by grace are ye saved remember Paul is speaking to the saved when he says this and not the lost on their way to hell but the saved that have been redeemed remember they're the heirs of the riches of his grace the exceeding riches of his grace I firmly believe that Many Christians live a shallow life because they have a very shallow understanding of the Word of God. And that's why expository preaching is very profitable to God's people because it goes verse by verse and it feeds them the Bible. And it doesn't let you wiggle out of the context. But it teaches you through it to show you. But that also isn't a negative thing. It's a positive thing because it strengthens you. It teaches you that this is what God is saying. Many, you know, many times I have found that people that take things out of context, they take a verse and they run with that and they damn themselves with the verse. They literally do. And I believe they're saved people that do it. And, and they damn then condemn themselves with the verse without reading any of the verses around there and what it applies to. And they've automatically said, well, that must apply to me. Well, did you read the rest of it? Did you read it in context of what it actually says? That'd be important, wouldn't it? How God is speaking to you through that and what God is saying. He says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Number two, through faith. Faith is the means whereby sinners are saved. Faith is the hand that reaches out to accept God's gift. Faith is in Christ and in what he did on the cross to pay the price for my sin. Paul preached repentance toward God in faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ in Acts 20, 21. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he preached. 
One man said it this way, faith means that man takes his place as a lost, guilty sinner and receives the Lord Jesus as his only hope of salvation. True saving faith is the commitment of a person to a person. It's you confessing him as Lord. We believe in a person, not a doctrinal, not a, not a, uh, a systematic theology or a system, a system of theology or a, uh, you know, a, a system like Christianity. No, we believe in a person, and that person is Christ Jesus, the Lord. And we believe that the whole book is about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, Je- Jesus Christ is in types and shadows all over the, the Old Testament. We come to the New Testament, Christ is revealed as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. So we know a person, we know the God-man, Christ Jesus, who is our high priest, which can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. It was in all points tempted like as we are, and yet without sin. If you find yourself endeared to some sort of system, then you need to backtrack and you need to figure out that faith is in the Son of God. And remember that, it is not in some system of theology in that sense it is in the son of god it is a person a living the living god god manifest in the flesh and that's how i am endeared to him that's how i am close to him if you feel yourself cold and away it's because you're not close to the son of god as you should be because the closer you are to the sun the more warmth you have He is the son of righteousness that rises with healing in his wings. The closer you are to the sun and not some system of of do's and don'ts or yeses and, and no's or any of those other things, but the son of God, a daily devotion to the son of God, faith in the son of God. It's the whole foundation of everything. When you read this book, when you read this Bible, this this book teaches you who Jesus Christ is. And the reason why I can be close to God the Father is because I have the Holy Ghost inside of me and I have God the Son who saved me. And, And he is my high priest that can be touched with the feeling of my infirmities. For he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And you enter into that fellowship with him and the closeness of that, of that fellowship with him and you understand it better by and by. The longer. It is faith in the Son of God. Faith is not a work. It is the opposite of works. Romans chapter 4, verse number 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Amen. But believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. That's you and me. That's us. We're the ungodly that he justified. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. Look at Romans 4, 16. Paul literally gives the same messages over and over again. 
a little different angle at times, but he gives the same messages in his epistles. Like he's talking to the Romans, he says similar things to them. He's, he's te- you do realize he's teaching Jew and Gentile together in one body, number one, how to get along and not kill each other, right? Baptists have to learn how to get along and not kill each other. It's, they have to learn how to love each other, right? So those, those same lessons apply. You know, you have to learn. To, you, you, you know, the hardest thing you'll ever do is to get into a body of believers uh, and serve the Lord and be faithful and not run out and get the poochy lip disease when something go, doesn't go your way and run away. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. I said it to you. Of course I'm talking to you. Who else am I talking to? Myself? Yeah, sort of. But I'm really talking to you, right? <laughs> why? Because you need it. That's why. You think God didn't bring you here because you didn't need it? Of course we need it. That's why he brought us here. And this is the testing ground for it all. Why? Because, man, you can be an internet Christian. You can act like a warrior out there online when you don't got to get along with nobody, right? You, you can, I mean, man, you can act like the nicest guy in the world until you're in a room full of people you got to get along with. You got to learn to love. I mean, you can be anything you want to be out there, right? Then you got to get, you get thrown in together with a bunch of people that all have their own opinions about everything. And I mean everything. Right? Book of opinions, yeah. That, right? We, we all have our own opinions. Well, faith is tested, right? And it's tested in the assembly. It's tested with people you have to learn to love. You don't learn that being out by yourself and not having a church and just living out there and listening to the sermons all day. It's great, man. You'll get a lot of knowledge that way, but you, ain't, you don't have to test it. You don't have to test it. You have to test it when you're, when you're in, with a bunch of people in a body together, learning to love each other, right? Learn not to kill each other, right? I must confess, I did throw a potato at Garrett earlier. I hit him right in the chest with it. But I tried to get him to catch it. But he wasn't holding the baby, so that was a good thing, right? Because the baby's on his chest, so. You caught it with your chest, I think, didn't you? No, you caught it. Kind of bounced, didn't it? After. Anyway. See, he had to learn to get along with me because I threw a potato at him. But he just kind of laughed and walked away and didn't know what to say. He'd never had a pastor throw a potato at him before. Well, I did ask him if I could wear his hat, and he said no. And I asked him if, he could have a, if I could have his coffee, and he said no. He said, you always want everything I have. So I threw a potato at him. <laughs> I gave him something, and he still didn't let me wear his hat either. All right, anyway, I'll move on. I won't hold it against you, brother. Faith is the opposite of works. It is a faith that it might be by grace. Amen? It's the opposite. There's no works that we can do. It is faith. We are purified by faith. Look at Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse number 9. Actually, we'll read verse 8. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. 
You, you want to know why a lot of people walk around so, so squeamish spiritually in this Christian life? They live beneath their privilege. They don't know what they have in Christ. They really just don't even know. They live their lives. Boy, don't do that. Don't live your Christian life. Don't live all your life here and not know what God has for you. What promises he's given you and the blessings that he's having. That's why we're going through this book to show you that so you understand what God has for you. We are sanctified by faith. Acts chapter 26. Verse number 18. There's a great verse on the Great Commission that Paul gave to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So Paul is preaching He's talking about the Lord, what God said to him. By the way, you obtain the righteousness of God by faith. Romans chapter 3, verse number 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ. It's the faith of Christ. By the way, in Romans 3.25, it says, we have the propitiation. By faith. Through faith, excuse me. Romans 3.25. Whom God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. By faith, through faith, by faith. We are justified by faith, verse number 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Galatians 3.24, Paul, in his famous epistle to the Galatians, when he's talking to them, and he's rooting out the Judaizers, Right? The Hebrew Roots people. Hebrew Roots guys, they hate that Galatians book, man. They don't like it. They don't like that. They don't care. For, no, they don't like him either that much. Wherefore the law, verse number 24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. See, before you were saved, the law was a schoolmaster. You were beat down by the law. And it showed you, it was like a, it was like a schoolmaster with a ruler. And it just kept smacking you. Every time you did something wrong, like, a, like one of the mean old Catholic nuns, right? Smacking you in the hand. That's what the law did. It was a schoolmaster. Sat you down. Showed you, condemned you. Showed you that you were lost and dead in sins. But it sets you down at the feet of Christ and shows you who Jesus is. And then by faith, we are saved, right? By grace through faith. We have access by faith in Romans 5. Turn to Romans 5. 
For by grace are you saved through faith. It is by grace, it is through faith. Amen? Why, why was it written that way? Because that's how it is. <laughs> it is God's grace. For by grace are ye saved through faith. God uses faith, right? He uses faith, but it is by grace. Grace, faith comes from grace. That's how it works. Salvation is of the Lord. Amen? You you and I could never, we could never uh, figure anything out on our own. We have access by faith. Romans 5, 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. How do we stand? By grace. Let's read verse 1, though. Therefore, being justified by faith. Justified. What does that word mean, justified? Declared righteous. Amen. That's that's what it means. How? By grace. (laughs) By grace. It's God's grace. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't feel peace. Whoever said you were supposed to? Oh, you. You said you're supposed to. I'm supposed to feel peace. What's that feel like? Is it like Charmin? Like soft toilet paper? Hard toilet paper? What's grace? What's it? What's that peace feel like? Does it feel like that potato I threw at Garrick? I want to... I want to feel peace. What's it feel like? Like a teddy bear? Does it feel like a cactus? By some, by the way some of you look, it looks like it does feel like a cactus. I look at you. Feel like you're hugging a cactus. You look like you're hugging a cactus sometimes, right? Must feel that way. What's it feel like? Well, it's not a feeling. What does he say here? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. We feel peace. It doesn't say that. It says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, then that's a legal transaction. Well, I mean, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about a legal transaction. Well, I want my emotions in it. Well, good for you. Wonderful. I'm glad you do. It's great you want some emotions with it. But your emotions don't determine yay or nay. They just determine that you're an emotional being. And that you have them. And they can fail you at times. Have you ever noticed... Let me ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that your greatest fears have never come true? Has anybody ever noticed that? Like the greatest fears that you've ever had in your life as a Christian, as a, that the, those great, they've never come true. Because most of the time they never will. Why? Because our greatest fears are mostly our emotions taking control of us instead of us taking control of our emotions. That's simple. Right? 
That's, that's how it works. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Uh-oh. I could keep reading. I think I will. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Or do we? That's a good sermon title, isn't it, Jacob? <laughs> we glory in tribulations also. Or do we? Good question. Or do we? We have to wonder sometimes if we glory in tribulations, right? I don't know about that. Is that what glory looks like? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that glory looks worse than a Kenneth Copeland revival meeting. <laughs> you're laughing like him there for a minute. Yeah, you're doing the, the wrap this up laugh right there. Right? That's right. We have access by faith. We stand by faith. 2 Corinthians 1. For by grace ye are saved through faith. 2 Corinthians. Or like Donald Trump says, 2 Corinthians. It's the whole ballgame. Right? I wonder who quoted that to him. 2 Corinthians 1.24. Paul says at the end of this chapter, he says, not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith ye stand. You mean so if I, if I fall, I'm not exercising faith? Yeah. If I give in to despair and discouragements and doubts and everything else, then, then what am I doing? You're falling. That's what you're doing. Because we stand by faith. We believe God. Amen. We live by faith. Galatians 3, 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. That's, right? We live by faith. We receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3, 14. that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. We receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You see how 
the Bible says very clearly, for by grace are you saved through faith. Faith is very important. God uses it. God wants you to exercise faith. You, you've got to believe God. Times of despair and times of discouragement are not times to doubt God. They're times to exercise faith and believe God. You don't prove your faith when everything is going great. And you say, well, I believe God. Well, yeah, you don't have any reason not to. Everything's going great, right? You don't have any reason not to. Don't you see that when, when tribulations and trials come, that's when the just live by faith? Right? That's, that's when they do. Not when things are going great. Just like I, I think about Dave's situation. When he first came here and his back was hurting really bad, and man, I'll never forget the day he hobbled up to my house. It took that guy like an hour to get up to my door. I don't know what was going on. I thought he was on crack or something. I don't know what happened to him. I was just, I was like, I was like, what happened? I didn't hear from him for like a week and a half. And I was like, what is going on with this guy? And all of a sudden, he just was like, he pulled up there. And man, he was soaking the sweat. He was trying to walk. He looked like he was hobbling up there. It took him, Becca's was like, you want me to help? He's like, no, I'll do it. He's like, he's like, he's hobbling up there. And I'm not making fun of him either. He knows I'm not. But he's, he's hobbling up here like this. And I'm like, and like half an hour goes by and he finally gets to my front door. And I'm like, man, maybe I should go out there. And he, and he starts talking to me about everything that was going on and all the challenges he had and everything like that. And, you know, he wasn't able to work at that time because, man, he'd do stuff, but then he'd be like, ah! he'd go into this weird spaz thing where he'd be like, ah! and he'd go like this, and he'd be like, oh, and he'd go down like that, kind of like I do when I get out of my chair sometimes. But <laughs> So that's why Dave always has mercy on me when he sees me. He's like, oh, man, I know he's hurting. But anyway, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, he, he would do that, and then the Lord... You know, he got some uh, chiropractic care and a lot of prayers, and the Lord answered that. And he was able to uh, go to work, and he asked me one day, he said, well, which, which job do you think I should look at? You know, I have these two opportunities here. And, I mean, he had to step out by faith because he hadn't done either one of them, really. I mean, he had some experience with, with being an officer and some things and all that. He had some experience with that, but, you know, I told him, well, I think you should do the other one. I think you should sell I think you should sell Fords, man. I mean, you know all about cars. You know how to fix them. I think you'd do good at it. I think you'd do fine. Well, he had to trust the Lord. He had to step out by faith, right? Say, you know what? Okay. Isn't that something? How many years ago was that? Five? Seven years ago. Seven years ago. Now, he won't tell you this, but I'll tell you this. He's the top salesman at that dealership since he's been there practically. He had to believe God. He had to trust God. God took care of him. He had to believe God by faith. Brought his wife home. Had her be at home. Amen. And started getting out there and God started blessing him. And he started making money and taking care of everything. He was able to Make a good living for himself and his family. Amen. And now he's got to step out by faith again. 
a new challenge. But all those challenges that he went through before are, are, were, were training ground for the challenges ahead. To believe God and remember when he was back learning those things. And man, he worked for one place and those people were nuts. And I've been around a lot of nuts, so I know them well. I'm like a squirrel. I know a good nut when I see it. All right, I just do. I, I do. I've been around a lot of nuts. I, I, know, I, I know a good nut. I do. Like a good squirrel. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm an expert at it. I can, I can spot them. Well, these people were nuts, man. They were crazy. They were, I mean, the last, one of the last guys were from committed suicide. They were stealing from my paycheck. Yeah. I mean, but he learned, and then it was like, then he came to me, we talked, he said, well, it's time to go. Time to go somewhere else. You're good at what you do, but those people are, they're not honest people, and they're crazy, too. Those people are nuts. They were crazy. They drove a guy that worked there. They drove that guy insane. It was like being in prison or something, man. It was. Anyway, they do. They make people crazy. People do that. Oh, they like to. They enjoy doing that to people. There's a lot of sick people out there. So anyway, they, uh, he, he moved on, and he, went to, and, and he went there, and the Lord blessed him, and he was able to do well there. And now he's stepping out in this, and all those challenges, and sticking to it, and not giving up, and not quitting when things were not going well. It teaches you the character that you need to step out and to start a business and to do that. Because it takes, I mean, it takes self-governance. You have to trust the Lord, but you got to, I mean, you got to, nobody's going to be standing over you making sure you punch in and punch out. It's just the way it is. And you learn that character. It's, you build it, but God blessed him with it. And and now he's going to, you pray for him. He's going to step out by faith and do this. And it's coming soon. And uh, I think he's going to do good. I think he's, the Lord's going to bless him, I'm sure. So we're excited about that. But that's another example of that, though, that you have to trust God. You have to believe God. You have to trust him. God wants us to exercise faith, not to sit around and, and doubt him. We wait for the hope of righteousness by faith in Galatians 5.5. 5. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. We're we're not justified by the works of the law. We're not justified by our flesh, right? So we have to wait in hope and believe God that one day God's going to take this old wicked body and he's going to raise it in righteousness someday. And sin will no longer be with me. One day, it'll no longer be with me. We inherit the promises through faith. Hebrews 6.12. This is a major problem with many today. Hebrews 6.12, that you be not slothful, Spiritual sloths. Spiritually lazy. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. Amen. It is faith. 
the word that therefore does not refer particularly to faith as being the gift of God, but salvation by grace through faith. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is God's gift. Grace is God's gift. That's why the Bible says salvation is by grace through faith. He reminds us over and over again. We'll probably stop here and because uh, we'll pick it up again next week. The wonderful thing about this is we can uh, keep going there and, and pick it up. Uh, we're going to talk about works again because he's going to bring that up. Paul brings that up for by grace are you saved through faith. He says it's grace. Grace is a gift, right? By grace through faith. That and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. How many times does he have to tell you that salvation is, is by grace there and it's not of works? Well, we'll, we'll cover that next week because <laughs> he's going to tell us that a lot. He's going to explain that to us a lot over and over again. He gives us example after example. Why does he keep driving this home to, to our understanding? Because the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that it is by, it is, is by grace through faith. It is God's grace. It doesn't have anything to do with you. You were the sinner. He is the Savior. All you did was qualify for hell and love your sin and live in your sin and were polluted. That's what you did. That's what I did. We were sinners. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's so, salvation is meant to be very simple. The only thing that confuses it is your flesh. Is your understanding. That's why these scriptures are teaching you exactly what God means by it. To drive home to your heart that you are saved by grace. It is God's grace. It is nothing else. Those of you that have been brought to repentance and faith in Christ were brought by grace. The Bible says that the grace of God hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. God's grace is a teacher. It teaches us. And the first thing it teaches us is that grace is not works, and works is not grace. And you need to always remember that you must rest in Christ. Because there is nothing that you can do to be approved of God. Christ already did it. There's nothing else you can do. Nothing would qualify. Nothing would pass the test. Everything would be an affront to the Son of God. Do you understand that? If one work justified you before God, it would be a a blasphemous smack in the face to the Son of God who shed His blood. If there was one thing that you could do for eternal life, It would negate everything that Christ did, everything that the Father did in sending the Son and the Son dying for your sins. 
it, it, it would negate everything. It would be an end road around Christ. If there was a way, there is no other way. It is grace. We live by it. We die by it. We stand by it. Amen. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your mercy and your guidance and your direction. Thank you for faith. Thank you for strength. Lord, if there be one or two lost here, may they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. By the grace of God today, be born again by the Spirit of God and have life everlasting. All by your grace. Thank you, Jesus.